1: Phil Mackey, that little uh, dweeby looking kid. Judd Zolgad He needs a cocktail and a hot tub or something. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. You
2: well, you learn from every game. You know, the loss is disappointing. You know, so you know we have to regroup. And they keep coming. You know, so we have to be ready on Monday. And uh, you know that the, you got to be ready for every game. In the NBA, there's an excuse every night if you choose to to use that or to look for that but it's you know you want to build mental toughness that you can overcome whatever's in front of you and that's what we have to do if we want to do all the things that we say we want to do we have to be mentally tough
1: i don't know if it takes a lot of mental toughness to beat a grizzlies team that just lost an nba game by like 65 points the other night like the wolves should be able to beat the grizzlies without a ton of mental focus but one would think But then again, uh, you and I don't play professional basketball. Lindsey Whalen does, and uh, she joins us on Mondays. Did you see the cryptic video Wolves PR sent out? Jimmy Butler knocking down threes in uh, an empty practice court, jumping around. I'm not.
2: I'm not. It's, Tell me. Tell me
1: more. It's like when it's like when Teddy Bridgewater a year ago posted videos of him like just from the waist down, you know, dropping back and throwing. Uh, yeah. Okay. What, what we're worried about is that Jimmy Butler is going to come back too early and play like 40 minutes, and Tom Thibodeau is not going to stop him, and he's going to cause irreparable damage to an already banged up knee. Are we uh, are we overreacting?
2: Well, I think. Well, you never want to rush back because I've done that before in my career, um, and a lower, you know, I did that with my ankle more than anything. Um, it was my second year in the league, so I just, you know, didn't know any better, and I rushed back, and yeah, um, you know. I probably, probably should have taken another month or so, but it's like, you know, when you're in that moment and you're in the playoff hunt as they are, you want to get back. And the good thing was is, I mean, I don't know much about the injury or how the surgery went, but I, it, was, it was a scope. So um, those you can kind of come back. You can kind of push a little more. And then if he has, then he'll have four or five months to rehab after. So if he can get it to the point where he's effective and he can play at, you know, 80 percent of what he can do, he's going to be a help to the team. And so, we'll see. I don't know. What was it? When did he get hurt? About three, four weeks ago? Is that what it was? Gosh, I it think Easton? it's been remember, three weeks
0: was, now. Late February, right? Yeah. So it's yeah, been like, like a twenty-second. You know? Yeah.
2: Twenty. Yep. Because I did that game. So it's been four four weeks. So yeah. I mean, he's probably getting close. Honestly. I mean, we've had people in season have a scope and come back and and play quite effectively. So. We'll see here next couple of weeks. It'd be nice if I was him. I, it would be nice to get a couple games of regular season before the playoffs, seeing it that they make the playoffs. Um, just a big week for them. But I would, I would. That's what I last year when I came back from my broken hand. We had a couple practices that coach made game like because I hadn't played in over a month, five weeks at that point. So it was like we played a couple games against our practice guys to get that rhythm because there's just no way of replicating it. And so if he can get a game or two. That would be really good for them going into the
0: playoffs. Are, are you as concerned about how, how much guys play un, un, under Tibbs as as mo, most of us are? Because, I mean, that, that is a talking point. I think there was a game last week, what, the Clippers game on Tuesday night. I believe the Wolves were up by a ton and uh, Cat, Cat was still playing, and the response was, why? Uh, do you think that that is a bad thing or, or is too much made in your mind of, of how much guys play, do you think?
2: Um, I think it's a little, I think it's a little much. I think it's a little overblown to be honest. I mean, I played 34, 35 minutes in my career until three, four years ago. And obviously just going to be my 15th season. So, um, yeah, you know, in a 48 minute game. So a lot of those guys are playing 30, like you said, 37, 38. Um, I mean, if you look back, Jordan, he played like the whole game, all those guys have played the whole game, their whole career. And so, um, yeah, there is. It's an 82 game season, and it's it's you know you see now Steph Curry, Kyrie just recently before the playoffs. You don't like to have any of that, and obviously Jimmy about a month ago going down. But um, yeah, the minute stuff, you know, okay, yeah, if you're up 20 with three minutes to go or two minutes to go, even though there's a three point line, that there. You know, when you can steal a minute here or there with Cat and Wiggins, you gotta take a chance. But um, the practices that you do in the season get to the point where those are just kind of routine and get a sweat in and it's not like a pounding practice so you're Mm -hmm. recovering those days so when you're young like that you can I think you can handle the toll and uh, I think if you look back at all the minutes of all, all time greats, they're definitely up there in you know 38 39 minutes a game which is you know, true testament. I mean, how much is LeBron playing this year? that has got to be something. Like, ridiculous.
1: He you know? is a machine, too. It's, when you look – so last night, for instance, so the, the Jazz went on the road and played the Warriors, and I haven't. I, mean, I knew the Warriors are kind of banged up and Curry's out. I flipped the yeah, game yeah, on thinking, right. oh, this would be huge if the Warriors could, you know, take care of business against the Jazz. They <laughs> yeah, had no, They had nobody playing. Like, they, they had their backups, and they kept it close for a while. But, like, LeBron James has played 15 years, like you said, Lindsey, and he's never hurt, ever. Yeah. Steph Curry steps on the court and twists his ankle. And, like, guys get injured. Kevin Durant, right? But LeBron's a machine.
2: LeBron is – I mean, it's just ridiculous what he's doing. It's just, like, the dunks he's doing now, it's – he's a fourth-year player. I mean, through the lane, over guys. I saw that one yesterday against Brooklyn, and it was vintage. It was like he was, like, 24, and he's – He's been in the same year, same amount of years in the league as as I've been. He's a couple of years younger because he came straight from from high school. But
1: you stopped um, doing windmill jams about three years ago, which is smart.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, uh, yeah, I started. You know, I <laughs> I've done what I can to preserve my body as long as I can. But you know, about the Warriors, they're kind of been honestly. I mean, that's without Steph Curry, they're a much different team. And I don't know. That was a freakish thing where JaVale McGee just goes flying for a. A shot he wasn't going to block falls over a guy into Steph Curry's knee, and he's lucky he was only a spring. I mean, it looked like uh-huh. it was pretty bad. So, but the Warriors is Thompson still out? Do you want him? That's pretty. I don't know.
0: Are you are you are you saying that if the Wolves are the uh, seven seed, you wouldn't you wouldn't mind them seeing matching up against the Warriors? Yeah. Is you that know, what you're saying, Whalen?
2: The thing is, is. We've played them well, actually, in the past. That's yeah. been one of the games that our guys really get up for. And so we've played them well. I know I remember a couple of years ago, even when they were, I think their 10-loss season, we were one of the teams that beat them. And I'm not saying that you, yeah, let's bring on the Warriors. I mean, I would obviously rather play. That's what I heard. Other teams in the middle there with, um, mm-hmm. even though Portland's playing great, you'd rather play like an OKC or all those teams are good, but you'd rather you not have to play the juggernaut. But injuries are so crazy. Half of the thing of winning a championship is just luck. I mean, the timing last year, my hand injury to be able to come back to the playoffs. I mean, we got kind of lucky. And so the Steph Curry thing, Durant with the fractured rib. I mean, if Mm -hmm. they're playing, they're just trying to get healthy for the playoffs now. And then what's their rhythm going to be like that first round? You know, I think they're going to struggle with whoever they play with that first round because, when Thompson and Durant get back, and if they're all playing, it's gonna take them a couple games to get their rhythm. So um I'm not gonna say they're gonna I'm not gonna say they're gonna lose in the first round, but man, it's I don't know, anything can happen. It's gonna to be tough for them.
0: Here's my thought. Basketball and hockey for both of them. Eighty two regular season games is too much. It's too much because your playoffs are such a grind. And and b- because yeah, it's of in its own. yeah, and because of how, how much it th- they make off of uh, TV and tickets, it's not going to change. But I think in the ideal world, you go down to about fifty games. I think you're just asking too much.
2: And we're seeing that a lot with the injuries right now. With all these guys who play the heavy minutes, and they're all it's like everybody's kind of taking their turn. Then we have the you know the catastrophic DeMarcus Cousins and Christophe Porzingis. They, yeah, you know, it's got to be concerning for the front office at the NBA because you have your stars, a lot of your stars not playing right now. You think about Kyrie's out, Curry's out, Durant's out, DeMarcus Cousins for the season, Kristaps Porzingis for the season, Jimmy Butler right now. I mean, Kevin, I mean the, uh, Kevin Love just came back, but LeBron's all-star team had four guys missing from that game. John Wall is still out. So... It's got to be concerning, and I'm trying to think of the best situation for it. I don't know, and the, you know that NBA teams have tried to take it into their own hands, sitting guys. Um, I don't know. Does the NHL? Do they do that? They give guys, you know, date nights no. off and stuff like that with games. That no, they play, but they. Yeah,
1: but NHL players I, are wimps though. They only play 20 minutes out of a possible 60, anyways.
2: I know, and Suter <laughs> is leading the league, and he plays 26 minutes out of. You know, 60, it's tips fall. A Williams. Like of I fall tips. So you put
1: blades on their feet and they yeah. get all tired. It's ridiculous.
2: But I saw the other day, which was good from uh, from our coach uh, Boudreaux, that he he gave him optional practice. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. cool because then it's like you know the young guys come in, get a skate if you want. If not, get ready for the back to back. And um, I heard you guys earlier talking about how we want to go for the two wins. We only got three points, but you know at least they got three. But we want to you know we want to try to get all four points from the weekend.
1: Yeah, are you uh, Lindsey Whalen uh, is with us here Mondays ten o'clock? Are you pro or anti Kirk Cousins? I know you uh, you're a big Vikings fan. So are you were yeah. you were you pumped when they when they acquired Kirk Cousins?
2: I was, I was. I thought that uh, I, I the the press conference was pretty impressive. I thought that he that, that that he spoke well. He seems like a leader. Seems like he's he's kind of all these guys are kind of taken after the Tom Brady where they. Are just kind of eating, you know, chicken and vegetables, and sleeping in hyperbaric chambers, and like working out all the time, and which is great, and that's what you want from your from your leader, from your quarterback. So I'm, I'm definitely in. I mean, I loved what Case did last year, so I would have been, I would have been good with Case too. But um, I feel like the Spielman and those guys probably wanted somebody for long term rather than this one year this guy, one year this guy type thing. So. Once Teddy went down with that that terrible knee injury, it was like kind of just a year-to-year thing. And now they, um, it was good. They built up the roster around him so that a free agent like that wanted to come. So um, I don't know. Still got to see because he hasn't won a playoff game. I don't think, right? Uh, right?
1: Won no, won. he he played no. in one, maybe two. Yeah, I yeah. believe he's. I believe he lost it. So so I'll so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: We'll see. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's you know we got to we got to see how how things go, and we got to hope that. The team doesn't have any type of, you know, hangover or anything like that from losing the NFC Championship game the way it went down in Philly. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully, good
1: stuff. So with um, these with these Tom Brady uh, like the TB12 and then Kirk Cousins is like kind of he's kind of diet Tom Brady. He's not as good as Tom Brady, but he definitely like you said, he only eats kale and sleeps in a hyperbaric chamber yeah. uh, as a as a, as a professional for a decade and a half. What, like What's the greatest lengths you've gone to, either nutrition-wise or physical? Like, are you what What's the greatest lengths you've ever gone to?
2: Switch to light beer for a while. Um, <laughs> That's why you're my favorite. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. That Michelob was, Ultra? Uh, or you,
1: you're I climbing said, yeah. a mountain with your Michelob Ultra.
2: Michelob Ultra is in the fridge right now. No, I'm actually not drinking any beer right now. I made a deal with my trainer um, that I won't drink any beer till. I don't know, for a while till I get to where I want to get. But um so, yeah, no, I mean, gosh, I, I mean, you know, I, I would say playing 10 years straight, like, we never had an off season. So we never really had time to do something drastic like Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins where they just are like, we have six months here. We just played the whole time. So 10 months, ten years in a row I was in Prague and then here and then Russia and then here. So you kind of get in that cycle. But the last couple of years – um, I've worked with Exos uh, training um, a lot, so you know. Now this year, I've hired a personal trainer. So probably those things in the off season where you, um, you know, hire people, you go on some pretty strict diets to try to get down, and then, like I said, either light beer or uh, no beer right now for me. So it's
0: keep the lime out, throw, yeah.
2: But it's just a—it's hey, a sacrifice. Everybody's <laughs> got to make them, though.
0: No beer? That sounds not very, enough. very difficult, torturous. Yeah, it's been a month. Oh, so yeah. as, as much as you as as much as you love sports and and th- the sport that you play, how much do you just so, uh, sort of in the back of your mind look forward to that day when you're done playing and you can do whatever you want? <laughs>
2: um, you know, I, I've had those thoughts, you know, you know more often each off season because one, I have more time, and two, um, you know, it's just. It's just naturally, th- you know, things, you know, get a little harder mentally. I, you know, you feel like you should be able to do this move, and you, you kind of struggle with it a little more. So I, I won't say I can't, but it's like it's just a little harder to quite get that spin move or, or get this finish here or there, or whatever. So you kind, of, I mean, you think about it a little more, but then you want to have it's great having routine and being around your teammates and being around the atmosphere of, um, you know, all that and getting ready for a season. So. Um, there'll definitely be parts, though, that are something. I mean, I've played pretty much at a high level for 20 years. Because if you consider AAU, when you're really trying to make D1, then you go to the Gophers, right to the WNBA, and now that was pretty much when I was 15 or 16. And so now I'm 35. So yeah, I think there'll be some some parts of it that obviously you're gonna miss a ton, and it will be some parts will be sad, but then some parts will be like. Uh, wow, it was a it was a pretty great run, and July, you know I I will definitely whenever it is I'll be able to say I left everything on the court, and that's a good feeling. And um, but yeah, so being able to have that I don't know that donut on the weekend and not having to worry about the calories in my IPAs will be pretty nice at some point.
1: Tom Brady had a, a strawberry on late night in a beer, and I think like I don't think he was right for a oh, week yeah. and a half after the Colbert show. Through his he system
2: off that beer too didn't he?
0: And then passed out during the commercial yeah, it was break. Very probably. It <laughs> was very impressive. It was very impressive,
2: Lindsay. See, that's where I'm like, okay. So he says in his diet, if you read all that time TV12 stuff that he doesn't drink, like no alcohol, right? But then you can slam a beer in three seconds. So it's like, well, that's not the first time you've done that. It's pretty aggressive. So like, yeah,
1: it's a fraud. Okay,
2: there's got to be something, you know? Maybe that's Monday through Friday. I don't know. I got to get to the, I got to get to the bottom of some of these diets that these athletes are doing because. I don't know. I'm a big believer in moderation. Everything in moderation. That's kind of how I've lived my life and my career. uh,
1: We're (laughs) nothing alike, Lindsay. As Judd chugs his 15th (laughs) cup of coffee this morning.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We are nothing nothing alike,
1: Waylon. Is
2: that
0: what it's called, moderation?
2: I'm on cup number two of coffee, so...
1: Oh. Judd actually has wings in front of him right now. Too. Okay. <laughs> right. Not that I, that I should had. talk. I watched. I was at beat ups for like three hours yesterday. Wish I had it wings. Carnage. Oh, nice.
2: Watching the games and stuff.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. those were fun. Ooh, it was
2: a great, great sports day. It was a great, just so much on. It was awesome.
1: Yes, Lindsay, great cool. stuff. We'll catch up yep. uh, again next week. All right.
0: Thanks,
2: oh, Lindsay. Cool. Thanks All right,
1: sure. Lindsay Wayland.
0: Moderation. I gotta look it up. <laughs>
1: Oh, I, I love her like answer. This. She's like, oh, I switched to light beer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. Really, like, and she's one of the best. She's going to go. I think she. I'm assuming she'll be a WNBA Hall of Famer and all those things. So
3: I'm sure she will really- be.
1: Right. Like that's the thing. If you could, if you're a quarterback and you could be like, you could win a couple rings, and maybe not six rings or five rings, but you get to drink beer and have a Reuben sandwich once in a while, mm-hmm. I would gladly make that trade off. You tell me if I can have it. I get a tater tot, but I have to give up a Super Bowl ring. But I still get a couple. I'll take the tater tots.
0: And and you could and if you eat the tater tots, you're going to play to 37 instead of 41. Yeah, which makes you, you get okay to with that? enjoy your
1: money and your time. You I, I, I'm your with rings, right? you.
0: I'm just saying that this whole thing of be of basically saying I'm going to play till I'm 45. That's the thing that would freak me out. <laughs> no, I'm going to go <laughs> drink beer. See ya. Bye.
3: Mackie and John are back. I've been waiting for
1: this for a long time on 1500 ESPN. Remember back during the Ron Gardenhire era. Like pretty much any time, the
0: good, the good or the bad. Which part? Well, the, the, one of the what,
1: when you think of the pet peeves of Ron Gardenhire teams. Oh, this might be a little this might be a little deep, but I'll just like, what are your two or three pet peeves? Oh, of, my top one, like regardiisms Okay, that, like not that he would say, but that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. My top one, easy. Uh, day game after night game, Maurer batted third in the night game. Then he didn't catch in the day game. He yeah. sat the next day. And Mike Redmond yep. would bat third, and they would ask him, Guardy, why? Because I don't want to disturb my ordinary uh, lineup construction. Yes, that was easily. In fact, those were good Twins teams, and it drove you crazy. What are uh, What are like
1: two or three, like one or two other ones? I want to see if you hit on this one. This is leading to a Timberwolves point.
0: Okay, it's leading to a Timberwolves point. All right, uh, Dave, help help me out here because that was Guardyisms,
1: things that would drive you nuts about Guardy, that was my top as, a, one as sure. a tactician or a, or. Or just like a like a game plan manager, the bullpen yeah. use. I was going
3: to say the use of the closer. I think uh, what he would you save him. your closer and yeah. put
1: in some like Bobby Korecki for you know save save him
3: for the just in case situation in extra yeah. innings if we're going to need him. Was that one?
1: Yeah, that's that was a yes, that was a big mm. one for sure. So those
0: are two. Yep. Have, have we not hit on the correct one? Not yet.
1: yet. How, how about? Well, I'll give you one more guess. All right, just for fun. There's a, there's a few. There's one glaring one that I'm getting to. Mm.
0: I can't think of it off the top of my head. A third one. All right.
1: It's slap-hitting, like, weak middle infielder guy who doesn't get on base but can handle the bat. Always batting leadoff or second. Okay. Instead of putting your yeah. best hitters toward the top of the order. Like, there was a year, I just found this reminiscing and going back. In 2011, and this is classic, this is a 99-loss team. Twins number 2 hitters had a combined... 289 on base percentage that year. So they used, like he used Matt Tolbert a bunch in the number two hole. He used Alexi Casilla and Trevor Plouffe and all these other just like putrid hitters instead of just moving Joe Maurer to the number two spot, right? In 2008, I believe it was. Carlos Gomez couldn't like he couldn't make contact with a beach ball holding a tennis racket. Mm-hmm. And he batted leadoff for the first ninety games of the season. Just shipwreck your team right out of the gate. Strikeout, swing swinging a match, three pitches, and now there's one out instead of having your best hitters up there. So he would constantly over abuse key spots top of the lineup with guys who could not get on base, and it shipwrecked them from scoring runs, or it would it would it would hurt you right off the bat. All right, Tom Thibodeau, and credit to Haralobos Vulgaris. Who's he's the best? If you're looking to follow, if you're an NBA fan, he's one of the top NBA betters in the world. Uh, he watches games in his multi-million dollar mansion with like ten TVs, game, you know, NBA game plan or whatever. He used to be a professional poker player too. Old school episodes of the World Poker Tour from like 15 years ago. He was at like final tables and stuff. So he tweets out observations. He's consulted with teams. One of the sharpest NBA guys you're gonna find. Mm-hmm. And he was tweeting up, this might have been during the uh, the game This a couple nights ago, about Tom Thibodeau. And he didn't name the culprit, the player by name, but we all know who it is. How is it good strategy to have your 11th best effective field goal percentage shooter taking the most shots of anybody on the team? Like, in what world is that an effective offensive coaching strategy? Well, he's referring to... Andrew Wiggins. Right. Who's one of the like if you if you were to rank Timberwolves players based on how efficient they are, effective field goal percentage, it goes Carl Anthony Towns, Nemania B. Elites has been incredible this season. He's number two. Uh, Taj Gibson, Tyus Jones, and when he shoots, he's actually fourth on this list. Jimmy Butler, five, Aaron Brooks in limited minutes, but you know, we have kind of uh, Jeff Teague, Gorgie Jang, then Jamal Crawford, then Andrew Wiggins is tenth in effective field goal percentage. And yet he shoots the most shots. And it, it, it just it struck me as I read that tweet. Holy crap, Tom Thibodeau is Ron Gardeneier. Can't resist. You got a guy who's probably better suited to take fewer shots and be more active off the ball. And But you're telling him, you're batting leadoff, baby. I know you don't get on base and you swing and miss at everything. And said, but you're going to get the most at-bats of anybody on I the team. I love my shot. You're going to be the table setter, even though you don't set tables. He loves a shot. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the smartest NBA minds in the world, calling out Actually, Tom you know, Thibodeau a as a tactician. Actually, you know, it's a there, too.
0: And it... it uh, that point is is the jumping off point for Guardian Tibbs, incredibly stubborn people.
1: Yeah, where you can In, tell them, present inc- them evidence. Yeah. Hey, this is like why you, you shouldn't can, do this. Yes, no,
0: yes, this you, is what I know. You can go with with mounds and mounds of documentation as to what, why your uh, lineup construction should be this, or this guy shouldn't be shooting so much. And the more you do it, Derrick Rose, Derek Rose is Derrick Rose has become for Tibbs. It's become his hill to die on because, damn it, that's my decision.
1: And it might not be his decision I mean, anymore because Derrick Rose might no. just be out with an injury but not I mean, the rest De- of the season.
0: Derrick Rose's core so far has been the most predictable thing on earth, right? He comes in, he's incredibly rusty, might very well be washed up, has a good quarter or good half of basketball against the Rockets in a game, for the most part, in which you're getting drilled in, you rally. And then... You come back and he gets hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's the most. It is the most incredibly predictable thing of all time, and yet Tibbs' yeah. stubbornness won't allow him to see past. Actually, that.
1: you know, a really good cross sport comparison too might be. So Carlos Gomez is the example from like 08 or 09 where he just he batted lead off way longer than he should have. But there's a bunch of talent there, and you're just saying, God, if he could, if he could take that and hone it and be a little bit more mature or whatever it is, maybe he'll have a chance to break out. And good news for the Wolves. Carlos Gomez became a great player like four years later. It just took him a long time, so maybe you know, maybe Wiggins becomes a more effective shooter, mm-hmm. efficient shooter, as he figures it out. I mean, Demar Derozan's been the example that like, people point we keep to because to like, one going back six I, years. But
0: I hope it's true.
1: Yeah, but Tim's so,
0: stubbornness is yeah. is going to be one one of the things that I think is he's going to go down is as as Guardy was, one of the most stubborn people around, and he doesn't want to listen. Yeah.
1: Now, they should win all three games this week. They should get to the playoffs. Did we you, shall see.
0: Did you know that the Memphis Grizzlies have lost 23 of 24? And it's
1: not for uh, they lack might, of trying. They're definitely trying to lose those games. They might not show up tonight. Uh, the Utah Literally. Jazz smoked a backup Warriors team last night in Golden State by 20 points. So the standings are Wolves tied with Utah, For the seven slash eight seed, Mm -hmm. a game behind both San Antonio and New Orleans, game and a half behind Oklahoma City. Portland finally lost. Like, Portland's been on fire. I don't think anyone's catching them for the three seed. You got, I think you got to get, we can sit here and talk about the backup Warriors and injuries and stuff. I think they're all coming back and they're going to be fine for their first round. And even if they're missing one of those guys, they're going to be for sure. But not for the first round necessarily. He wants to come back for the first round. Kerr
0: Kerr said he, he won't. Because Curry says he's going to. Uh, Steve Kerr said yesterday he's out out for the first round. Okay, which they can still win if I they mean, have Kevin Durant back. Yeah, it's not going to. Yeah, them you're still
1: going to be underdogs. I think the Wolves have to get to the four slash five to have a real shot at winning a first round series, which they could. Like they just have to make up a couple games. Dave, what's coming up next in stuff?
3: big announcement for the Twin Cities sports scene. Sister Jean keeps moving on. Go, Sister Jean! And a former broadcaster was looking live at Stormy
0: Daniels Oh my last God, night. saw
1: that tweet. Amazing. Oh, no. uh, yes, but first, oh. Judd's here for Prime Mortgage Lending. Fire away.
0: Thank you, Phil. I appreciate it. And I got a website for you right now. GoPrimeWithKent.com. That's GoPrimeWithKent, K-E-N-T dot com. And you're saying to yourself, Judd, why are you starting off this by g- giving me a website well here's why because it's the answer for you if you're looking for a mortgage company i want to suggest my friends at prime and kent mccullough this isn't about simply selling you on something prime wants to earn your trust in fact they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan and now you're asking yourself okay what does that mean exactly it means that while prime would love to have you as a client they want to meet with you first they want to explain their plan and then the decision is up to you because this is about a couple of very important words. It's about teamwork and collaboration. That's what Prime is, is all about. It's what they believe in. If you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. Prime wants to take the mystery out of the mortgage process for you, and I want you to go to their website once again. That's goprimewithkent.com. Go prime with Kent, K-E-N-T.com. Stuff is next. Mackie and Judd now continue. You're listening to The Wreck. Yeah. That's a perfect name for us. We could just switch it right now. On fifteen hundred ESPN.
3: That stuff you should know about is sponsored by KFC. KFC has a new one hundred percent white meat five dollar Philip. It comes with a breast and a whole wing, and that's how KFC came up with what to call this five dollar Philip. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise <laughs> and remove your caps. As we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of stuff (laughs) you should know about. All
0: right, David Harrigan, you got some some creepy stuff. Is that correct? I don't know that I'd call it creepy. I I don't know about this, so I
3: am uh, curious to hear it. All I said was a former broadcaster was looking live. Uh, Okay, it's creepy. It's Stormy Daniels. It's it's creepy. Yeah, then it's creepy. 60 Minutes. It's for sure creepy. Well, what's more creepy? What I'm about to give you, Phil, since you've seen the tweet, or Jim Nance just pounding away at the 60 Minutes coming up after the Duke-Kansas affair? Oh, my. And stay tuned after the game. Stormy Daniels sits down with Anderson Cooper on 60 Minutes. Yeah, CBS was... uh appointment
1: tv for about seven or eight hours yesterday
3: well anyway the interview i don't know if you guys watched it or not i did yes. I, I caught a couple of highlights <laughs> but did. I did i was unable uh, to watch but anyway brett Musburger was absolutely watching and tweeting out lads we can never second guess at real donald trump for his taste in women but betting a porn star without a condom come
0: on man <laughs> okay that's uh, okay That's super creepy. Dude. Dude. So Brent is weighing in on that? Yeah, that's really weird. So imagine
1: what Brent was like behind the scenes... Commercial oh. breaks, broadcasts, interns.
0: Oh, and the It's probably the a 70s, good thing that
1: ESPN parted ways with old Brent. Can you ima- old horny imagine Musburger.
0: Brent back in, in his CBS days in the 70s? Oh, boy. When there were no rules whatsoever.
3: <laughs> hey, babe, come on over here. This one's for all the Tostitos. I need an extra
1: Poor- spotter. One on my left <laughs> leg, one on my right. Poor I need- Phyllis
0: George. think she was harassed a few times by brent
1: but now now he's just sort of free i'm sure he's made enough money to where he doesn't have to be employed anymore he can just gamble on sports and tweet
3: creepy things about our president Mm -hmm. and porn star and he lives in vegas so anything goes i mean exactly plenty of spots to go uh 2028 maybe we'll get another one of these You'll remember Dude, that so from the last fun. time the Ryder Cup was here. David Johnson, the fan who was challenged by the Euro squad in the practice round, sink the putt for 100 bucks. He did it well. Hazeltine National about to become the first American course ever to have the Ryder Cup for a second time. The announcement made this morning, 2028, coming back. Yeah, pretty easy. So that's a that's a
1: pretty safe time for weather, too. I mean, like late September, early October is not quite as tenuous as a month later. And the atmosphere. Good time to drink, too. That's the most fun. I, I don't know how far back you have to go for a Ryder Cup to have that kind of an atmosphere. Rory McIlroy didn't like it, but everybody else seemed Start to have get, fun.
0: getting the kegs prepared now. Start shipping the kegs out to Chaska right now for 2028. Danny Willett's brother, too? Yes. That was sending out the
3: tweets. Yep.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. it was. <laughs> It'll be fun. We're going to talk with uh, Jeff Hintz later on in the show here in about an hour and a half or two hours and, and uh, get kind of the backstory there and speculate 10 years from now.
3: Odell Beckham, is he worth it? No. The New York Giants, he might not be now officially. John Mara says he's tired of answering questions about Beckham's behavior. Says Beckham knows what is expected to him and, quote, it's up to him. Said he has not spoken to Beckham since that latest video surfaced of him with the model and the pizza and the lines of white powder. Uh, Shermer did meet with him last week for the first time. Mara also did not sound totally committed to Beckham being a giant long term. Said when team is three and thirteen. Nobody untouchable.
0: This is the definition of a guy who is never going to get it. He, I mean, for all the talent, for as great as this guy can be, you know what? the The only position I could th- think of where if you were this great and it might be worth putting up with or or hoping to help the person this many times would probably be quarterback. What? But for a receiver, you're saying your
1: quarterback doing lines in a hotel room with a that? that I'm saying I think if your quarterback's doing well, that, it got probably problem. shows but he's I'm not say, the best no, leader. No, I'm,
0: I'm saying that's the only position at which I might put up with transgressions over and over and over again. It's not worth it for a wideout. It's not.
1: Well, I would say it's you can if your wide receiver is a pain in the ass off the field, which probably shows he's not the best leader and the most like committed guy inside the building you can live with that more than you can live with your quarterback out at bars and hotels no, and stuff.
0: I'm I'm saying that's the only position at which I might put up with some crap for a, a receiver. There's no way at some point in time, I would just say, see ya buddy. I'm not signing a big contract. That's for sure. Speaking of guys that are pains
3: in the butt, Albert bell. Remember him? Did you see the mugshot? Uh-huh. Oh, ho, 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 boy. And Yeah. Back in the news. arrested in Scottsdale during a spring training game. Couple counts of indecent exposure. We had extreme DUI, which is DUI on steroids, apparently. Was Albert Bell ever on steroids? Uh, we have to assume, probably. I draw, probably. Could probably, right? Draw a
0: conclusion that he was, yeah, safely.
3: Yeah. I think I forgot. In '06, admitted he was stalking a former girlfriend, sentenced to 90 days in jail. He's had some trouble.
0: Isn't
1: he the one that plowed over some second baseman too, Fernando Vigne or somebody? It was like a big thing that I remember. He was running to second base, and the second baseman went to field the ground ball, and he just
0: trucked him. <laughs> I, remember, I remember. I think that happened. I, I want to say after didn't he go from being Joey to Albert at some point? I seem to recall that there was... An, he was Joey Bell. Joey Bell. And there was an incident in Cleveland, I believe, where a fan was heckling him. And, and it was while he was playing catch uh, between innings. And so he took, he took the ball and drilled the fan square in the chest. But hmm. well, besides <laughs> that, he's an upstanding citizen. That's so <laughs> his his full name that's kind of funny. It was actually. Joey Bell, and he changed, kind of and funny. he d- decided to go away from Joey. I think he did. He played as
1: right, He played as Joey, Joey Bell. Joey Bell, yeah. So his nickname was his full name is Albert Jojuan Bell. Okay, so he must have gone by his middle name at some point. The start of his career, and then switched it to Albert. Yeah. Okay,
3: he was Giancarlo before Giancarlo was Giancarlo. You're right. It was Mike, right? It was Mike Stanton, Yeah. That, wasn't that <laughs> how do you go from Mike <laughs> to John Carlo? Oh, John so much better. Oh, more. it's, oh, John, it's How do you start with Mike? Yeah, I'm a, what, what I don't want my name to, to be? fit in. You ah, just
0: let's want to, go, Mike. Just hey, hey everybody, hey, price. it's Mike.
1: Yeah, Mikey, Mikey bombs. <laughs>
0: that, that Bell mugshot. <laughs> Mikey big bombs. That Bell m- mugshot though was frightening. I mean. He looks like pull it up on a your completely computer. Completely different Phil? person. No, I, I saw, I it. Yeah, saw I just, it.
1: I just saw it come across the interwebs. It's definitely oh. it's frightening. If somebody would have showed you the mugshot and said, "Who is this?" Never. I don't think you could pinpoint Albert Bell.
0: No, not none. Only when years
1: only when, when I, saw I saw the story and had to do like a triple take at the mugshot. But it definitely like he's got the gray hair and he's got the double chin and stuff. And I don't
3: know. <laughs> it's his Nick for Nolte him, moment. Good for him. All right, Chud. You claim to not be sick of her mostly because Phil hosed me out of a write-that-down prediction. Sister Jean, the run continues. Charles Barkley said before the Elite Eight game, if they advance to the Final Four, he wants to hang out with Sister Jean down by the dirty little creek they have in San Antonio. He refused, refused to call it a river, says it's a dirty creek. That's all it is. Well, obviously, they won. They're headed to San Antonio.
2: So Charles Barkley would love to hang out with you. Can I make that a date between you two? Uh, uh, we'll have limitations. I'm sorry. We'll have limitations. I, I like him when he, uh, like he when he talks as a sports announcer, very much. But I don't want to see him play in the basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's retired. So I think I you're know. safe with I, that. I know he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sister I'm Jean, sorry. we all have limitations. Uh, I, listen, first of no, all, this, su- this is such I like a great name. story. Uh, I, first of all, listen, it was pretty much
3: 80-20 on me going to the pearly gates the other way. So I'm not going to say anything better about Sister Jean. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, it's going to be hard to make up that 80%. In the you rest wouldn't of be helping the, yourself. I'm not going to help myself. I don't want to get a 20% away, Greg.
1: <laughs> Wait, when she, when she said limitations, did she mean what I think she meant?
3: What do you think, it Phil? I I I I think she meant you are looking live.
1: I don't think that was it. Who was interviewing her? Just some like woman from yeah. Some, like, I don't. Some, I
3: don't know who it was, but I don't
1: think anyone picked up. I'm pretty sure she meant I'm not able to like consummate a date, right? Can you play the first part of that again? I think she was dropping a one-liner and no one picked up on it. So
2: Charles Barkley (laughs) would love to hang out with you. Can I make that a date between you two? Uh, uh, We'll have limitations. I'm sorry? We'll have limitations. (laughs) I think she meant...
0: (laughs) Did Sister Jean try and make a joke and rethink it? And she, because then she go, then she starts. Oh, talking I don't want about to him. play
1: basketball. Yeah, I, yeah. Did
0: sister, was Sister Jean going down a slippery was, slope at ninety eight, and she knew it, and she pulled the cord on it? Do you think the conversations <gasps> get a little filthy in the convent? Is that what you're thinking, Judley? <laughs> I'm just curious because Sister Jean, I'm with Phil. It sounded like she was going down a path that I didn't expect, and then she quickly thought and sort of changed it to, "I don't want to see him play basketball," which really makes no sense because she's. It's not like she thinks no, he's she, still... No, it's like when, you, it's like when you, you
1: know you're, you said something that might be inappropriate and you just try to like awkwardly change course. I That's what she that was. said
0: something the guy upstairs might not like and decided to wow. change it. Oh. Uh, I love Sister Jean, by the way. This is one of the great stories of the sporting year.
1: We, uh, we have more audio from the weekend in March Madness we'll get to uh, here shortly as well. And then, home run, write that down predictions. Twins related at 11. Maggie and Judd. Mackie and Judd do not like to be told by their elders how things used to be and how things used to be better. On 1500
3: ESPN. Get your tickets now to see Minnesota United taking on Atlanta. United. This Saturday, 7 p.m. TCF Bank Stadium, the battle for United resumes. Head to MNUFC.com to purchase your tickets.
1: How many United teams I, are in three. three
3: now? Washington,
0: Atlanta, and our club, and I hate it.
1: To do a triple threat match, put all three teams on the field at once. I like that. And a third goal. Do, put a third goal like kind of off to the side? Still just
3: one ball, or do you use two or three balls too? <laughs> That's a good question. I hadn't thought that far ahead. I guess. Yeah.
0: How does a professional sports league allow that? One team. Well, there. I mean, the, loo- to the, the loons
1: are kind of the unofficial. Right, but official they should have been the loons. Right?
0: right, but I'm just saying. Well, like,
1: I call them the loons.
0: Well, but. If you're if you run the league, you should say everybody gets a nickname and you ain't using the same one. You're not the United Minnesota. We gotta be it. Atlanta. They came in as expansion teams together. One of them, yeah. one of them, but Washington already had the name. Atlanta, come up with your own damn name.
1: It shouldn't be that hard to be
0: more creative. And Minnesota Loons is a, I'll go back to this. It's a great name. There is no reason on God's green earth that they weren't told you're going to be the loons. No, we got to be united because it shows we're united. Don't give me a break. <laughs> I like those people, I think but Loon, that's so pretentious. I, I think Loons is a
1: great name. In fact, I don't know why the Wild didn't think of Loons year, 20 years ago. Like, wouldn't wouldn't Loons have been a great name for the Minnesota hockey team? To, I mean, congrats to the soccer team for thinking of it.
0: Every Wild, every Wild name that, that was, I believe, submitted by different fans, and it was down to like four or five, were awful.
1: Yeah, it was like Freeze and Voyager, it was, yeah, it was ridiculous, Ox
0: or something. Right? There was an. It was. They were all were terrible.
1: Yeah. Um, we have more uncomfortable audio from March Madness this weekend that we uh,
3: we need to address here. And now it's time for another member of the Mackey and Judd show to tell you all about his NCAA tournament bracket, even though you didn't ask. By the way, uh, Purdue
1: was my last remaining. I had two different winners in two different brackets, and then Isaac Haas was maybe going to play and then didn't, and, and so they, they got beat by like 15 <laughs> points. Because their best player, an NBA really lottery pick, maybe is not gonna play.
0: I'm sorry about that.
1: But um I feel bad for you. Well, okay.
3: we don't care that you don't give a shit. That's because that's what the season's all about. This has been a member of the Mackey and Judge Show telling you all about his NCAA tournament bracket.
1: So Saturday night in the Elite Eight, you had Florida State, the nine seed, Michigan, the three seed. Did you guys? watched the last minute of this game or were you busy doing other things that were non-bracket related?
0: I watched it with the sound down. Okay. So what
1: happened was Florida State was trying to mount a comeback. It was a great game. I mean, it wound up being kind of back and forth at the end. Michigan has a lead. I think it was a three-point lead with about 13 seconds to go. And there had been some back and forth, but Michigan had taken the lead Florida State was just—it was like Florida State was on full blast, high energy, sprinting everywhere, turnovers and bad shots in the last couple minutes. And in an attempt to tie the game—again, it was—I uh, believe it was a three-point game when this happened. And and some dude for Florida State with 13 seconds left jacks up this wild, idiotic shot. Just—they had plenty of time to set and try to—they Even they couldn't have even gone in. There was, a, there was two players on the floor from Michigan— that were, like, 50 and 60% free throw shooters. You could have laid the ball in, got the inbounds pass, maybe even, like, let him pass and then foul somebody. Sure. So he takes a wild three, clanks it, Michigan gets the rebound, and there was a foul. I think They made a free throw. So now it's four points. Florida State goes down to the other end, misses a shot, whatever it is. And then, so now Michigan's up by four with four or five seconds to go as they get the rebound, and Florida State just lets the time run out. They don't even try to foul. And so, like... The question is, um, what were you guys doing there toward the end of the game? And credit to Dana Jacobson for asking this question to the Florida State coach. And here is the interaction.
0: Take me through the final seconds of this game. Why didn't you guys foul? What are you talking about? Down the stretch there, the end of the game, the final seconds, 11 seconds left down the do, clock. Do you
2: think that the game came down to the final seconds of the game?
0: I'm asking you, though, why that decision in the final seconds of the game? The game was over. You didn't think your guys could get back in it, put them on the line what if mean, they what, miss those shots. I mean, but 15 seconds, apart, what, what, what were we down? Put them on the line. They miss a few shots. Coach, a four-point ball game. It's a question that, that the guys were asking at the end of our game. That's all I'm asking.
1: So he collected himself, and the Leonard Winanda Hamilton answer looked it. like an idiot. Then he put out, or the PR team put yeah. out, an apology saying, "I wish I would have handled it differently, but." Like, dude, your guys freaked out you and though. didn't know
0: what to do in the last 15 seconds. She didn't back down one bit and kept go- going. Good for her. That was, if you're going to do that job, and it's tough, but if, if you're going to do that job effectively, she basically put on a clinic. Because you got to keep going. And he looked, it, it's weird, too, because when, when she was asking that question, the look on, on his face was like, what are you even talking about? If I'm a Florida State fan, I'd be saying this might not be the right guy for the job no, long term. well,
1: I just, I mean, like they're they're very good. No, he's I understand. Up a good system, I understand but
0: that, but to look that shocked by a question that you should know is coming, I think it was very more, weird. It was more
1: to me. It wasn't about it. Like you're probably going to lose the game. You know, you're down by four or whatever. To me, it was more about the panicked shots before then. Like, what do you? Well, so they were his, warranted questions for sure.
0: His his look was was the same look, although not quite as hostile. The tubby. Used to give sometimes sort of that lost look. It's like, no, you shouldn't be lost right now. You just lost the game. Think yeah. about that. Uh, Tubby
1: Smith, by the way, congratulations. He has
0: High Point, right?
1: Another uh, big time
0: college coaching job at
1: High Point where he went. The I believe mater. he played at High Point. He yep. did. And coached at High Point long ago. So
0: good to see Tubby He's never Smith gonna go
1: away. moving up the ladder.
0: He's never going to go <laughs> yeah. away.
1: Can't you just enjoy retirement? Kentucky. To Minnesota, to Texas Tech, which is now thriving without him, to, to Memphis. They ran him out and out of High Point.
0: But how many buyouts does
1: Tubby need? Is he still uh, making money off? He's not making money off the Gophers anymore, right? it have been no, five years. I have, I don't have no clue,
0: so. but my point is, dude, go home, relax, you're <laughs> old. Enjoy the fruits of life. Quit coaching.
1: Uh, home run predictions. Home run, write that down predictions. Twins related when we come back. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you.